Welcome in to another edition of Cat Tales, the Weaver State Athletics podcast with Athletic Director Jerry Bovey. I'm Paul Grua, and Jerry, today we're joined by a special guest who's new to the Big Sky and new to a big part of the Big Sky and, and new to the new to Ogden as well. It's the new Big Sky Commissioner, Tom Wistersill, who joins us now in his first week as it's Commissioner called, at the Big Sky. Wistersill. Yes, right? that's right. Wistersill. Well, thank you. Welcome. Great, great to be here. Thanks yeah. Thanks for uh, coming by the Big Sky office and... Uh, Nice to have you guys here and looking forward to a nice conversation. Yeah, we just want to get to know you, obviously, and get to know some of your thoughts and feelings about the big sky. And uh, Jerry promises not to ask any too hard questions, hopefully, no, we'll right? Keep, we'll keep it like kindergarten level. <laughs> Good. Good. That's, that's about as high as I guess. So, so yeah, just a little bit, little bit of background uh, on Tom. Just uh, if we get some of this wrong, let me know. But I uh, just became commissioner uh, just a few weeks ago, and this is his first week here at the Big Sky. Uh, comes to the Big Sky after four years as the senior vice president at Learfield Sports. We're going to talk about what that is as well. Former Division One athletic director at Akron, six years at the University of Akron. Also worked at Minnesota and the University of Wisconsin and, and have been commissioner in the Northern Sun Conference and the Rocky Mountain Conference as well. That all right yeah, so far? Yeah, nice job. Okay, good. You're doing a good job Graduated. reading the bio. I'm reading, yeah. yeah. Graduated from St. Mary's University in, in Winona, Minnesota, and uh, with a Bachelor of Arts in Media Communications. So this is all no, new. Now, this is normal for you, right? You're a yeah, media we, we didn't really have podcasts back when <laughs> that's uh, true. That's Jerry true. and I were undergraduates. <laughs> no. but, uh, um, and also yell out the window. Yeah, that's that was your podcast. Yeah. Also earned a Master's Degree in Educational Leadership's uh, with a focus in athletic administration at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. So, first of all, what attracted you to the Big Sky Conference? What was it that caught your eye when this yeah. opening came? Well, a couple things. I mean, I you know, being a former commissioner, I've always uh, admired conference work and and uh, you know knew the importance of having a having strong conference leadership. Enjoyed being a commissioner for the seven years I was one. I was much younger then. I was in my twenties when I was a commissioner. Mm. Uh, back then, but um, you know, went off into the campus side, and uh, but it always, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, wondered, you know, someday would would getting back into a conference office be in the cards. Uh, when this position came open, um, the uh, the gentleman that had had the the search firm they hired Jeff Schemmel. Uh, Jeff's actually the one that got me in the business uh, back in 1993 when he was at the University of Minnesota, and I was up there in the Twin Cities as well. And uh, so Jeff and I have always remained good friends, and uh, we had a conversation. He said, "What do you think about this?" And I was like, "Well, you know," and and unfortunately, I knew I knew Jerry and a couple of the other ads in the league, so had some knowledge of the league, not deep knowledge, but enough to know that you know there's good people here, and uh, the conference has a great uh, reputation around the country, and uh, and so you know it was something I was like, "Yeah, you know, Jeff, let's talk about it some more." I ended up calling Jerry, I think maybe that same day, and asking him his thoughts on. Uh, on what was going on at the conference level, what was going on with the member institutions, and uh, from there threw my hat in the ring, and uh, and here I am. So it worked out really good. I'm really excited. Um, I think there's great opportunity here in the league. Um, I think there's really solid leadership, both at the presidential level and at the AD level, and uh, and I think we've got a bright future. So um, so I'm so, excited to be here. So apparently the stuff I told him didn't scare him away. Must not. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to ask, uh, uh, kind of, dovetailing into that question so we came into our careers about the same time we talked about that a little bit last night as we were visiting and how have you seen this industry change from the time we started to roll in in the early 90s to where we are now yeah boy it's so dramatic a change um you know some of it good some of it not good i guess depending on how you look at it but uh 
you know, obviously the explosion of social media has changed everything that we do uh, at, at in Division One athletics, Division Two, II, Division Three. I mean, it's changed everything in the way the world thinks and works and communicates. And so we've had to adapt in the way that we handle everything from uh, any type of situation that arises on campus at a conference level immediately is out there in the media. You know, when we came into the league, you had a chance to kind of control the narrative. You had a chance to think and plan about what was you were going to do, whether this was hiring a new coach or it was a student-athlete issue, whatever it might be, you had a little bit of time. Now you have to talk about those things ahead of time because when it happens, it's already out there and everybody knows about it. I think that's had the most dramatic impact on on it. Obviously, the money has changed dramatically at the Division One level, whether it's paying coaches, whether it's media contracts. Uh, I think it's also changed the expectations for for all of us. If you look at the tenures for ADs and coaches and commissioners, it's it's not what it once was because the the stakes are higher. Um, I also think that at the public school level, because of the state's declining emphasis in funding higher education, it puts so much stress on every college and university about where they're going to spend their resources. They're always going to spend it first in graduating students, and that's great. Um, but I see, a, I see a trend in uh, schools investing less and less in their collegiate athletic programs. And that scares me because I think it's the greatest marketing, marketing arm that every school has is its athletic program. And, and so, you know, long answer to your question, but those are some things I think about a lot. And I look back into the early 90s. We didn't think about those things quite as much as we do today. And, uh, and like I said, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's not changing. So we have to adapt and we have to get better and uh, we have to be able to handle those things in a much quicker forward. And going back to you, so when you were talking, going back to your Akron days wearing the AD hat, you're right. You would, you would be able to hire a coach and, and have a little bit of time to work out the contract to discuss the move, to discuss what it means for family, I mean, what visit with the the players, uh, talk to the team. Now, it it gets out from under you really quick. I mean, the word gets out there. You're even talking to someone somewhere, and and you lose the narrative. And so, how we deal with that, and that and that's why search firms, I think, have emerged. Um, Absolutely, I get asked that all the time. Don't you yeah. know how to hire? I mean, you're you're in charge of hiring. Can't you hire without a search firm? Yes. We know what we want. We know the culture of our department, but search firms do provide some cover there. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I know as, as an AD, when I was an AD hiring coaches and that, and, you know, yeah, you had to explain to, the, to people why the search firm was valuable, but the amount of work that they can do, uh, especially at a public school where everything's, everything's going to be out there, every email, every, if they want your phone records, they can get all that. So, so having the search firm do all that work provides, uh, it, 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 first of all, what it does is, it, it gives you the best possible pool because they can reach out to people that you can't reach out right. to, whether because maybe they're currently coaching or you, they just want to stay so far under the radar to really flush out if they're a legitimate candidate. Um, and then the background work they can do and all that. No, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it, it's the way of the world. But, you know, but I also think there's some really cool things that happen today. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like when Gene Taylor at Kansas yeah. State hired the coach from North Dakota State, they his his SID was there with the, you know with the with the phone or with you know filming him calling Chris offering him the job yeah you know I mean that's fans cool. have never had right. that access, access before yep. yeah so that's that's the type of stuff that allows you to have deeper connection no different than this podcast mm-hmm. yeah we're yeah, doing here Jerry I mean you know this is the type of stuff the fans don't get to see is us yeah. just sit around and talk like this about 
the business about what's happening in the big sky, what's happening at Weber. And uh, so that part, it's good, the good with the bad, and we're riding those waves on a daily basis. Yeah, the other day we did a little video on your, on your cell phone, on your yeah. Apple cell phone, out on our field with the new freshman of the year, you know, the Jerry Rice Award winner, yep. Josh Davis. You filmed it, we had it in the can, and... And, and now it goes I, out know, to I everybody. Morning, yeah, like four thousand yeah. views of that. Yeah. So yeah. access to those kinds of things is instantly different, and yeah. that's a positive. Yeah, I mean everybody's a professional media person, yeah. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Because they have a cell phone and YouTube, they can yeah. put anything on. Yep, and that's true. Uh, and so so like I said, for us in our business, we have to we have to constantly think about ways that that can help us. Um, you know, I, I I was in doing an interview yesterday with the guy from. In Montana, and we were talking about you know media partners, and I was just basically telling him that I'm excited to have these discussions with our partners, because I want to see what's happening next and how we can respond to that as a conference and what can we maximize to help all our institutions, because um, I don't know what's going to be invented next year, that no one else is doing yet. But how do we position ourselves exactly in the right way to to be mobile? and nimble so we can make make decisions quickly so we're not bound by you know long-term contracts that tie our hands um you know so there's that delicate balance that's going to happen uh with with the media and uh, new media that comes on and, and yeah. whatever it might be yeah. having served as both ad and commissioner and now commissioner again what's the difference the biggest differences between those two positions that you've experienced yeah, um, day-to-day, they're very different. Um, you know, as an AD, you have laser focus on what's happening within your school, coaches, student-athletes, administration, facilities, your donors. I mean, you just you have such great, great focus on that, and Jerry does a great job of that. Um, and as a commissioner, you're, you're kind of you're above that fray, um, knowing that you, know, you need to know your institutions, you need to know what's, you know, what are the pros and cons for each institution, their athletic department, their sports programs. And you, you have to take a look at this massive group of schools and figure out a way to get that ship moving in the right direction. And it's a communication job. It's, uh, you know, it's, you're on the phone a lot. Uh, you're, you're emailing a lot, you're doing a lot of background work. And, you know, I look at it as my job is to try to make Jerry's job a little easier so that if there's a national issue that comes up or if there's something that's going to affect our conference, I want him to f- feel good, just like the rest of the ADs, of knowing that, hey, you know what, Tom will let us know what's important here about this topic. And that's my job. And, and, and same thing with our president's group as well is, you know, they're running major institutions and athletics is a small part of what they might think about on a daily basis, although it, 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 it can dominate the headlines any, at any given day. Yet they, hopefully they need me as the commissioner of the conference and our staff to manage through all of the stuff that could, could affect them. And my goal, again, is to help make their jobs a little easier as well. So, um, you know, day-to-day, very different. The goals are somewhat the same. We want to help our student-athletes and our coaches and our, and our athletic programs have success. Uh, but the day-to-day yeah. things that are happening are, uh, are very different. On that note, so you, you said something really key there, helping the institutions have success because now you're the kind of the gatekeeper of a brand that's a Big Sky Conference brand, which which is encompasses, you know, 13, 11, or in football, 13 individual institutions that do things differently, but, but you are charged as the commissioner to help that brand to grow, um, and there's powerful brands in conference work, and there's some that aren't as powerful based on the individual members. So in that case, it is 
it is an interesting job because you kind of have to herd everybody around and keep everybody kind of going in the same direction. You gotta you gotta get after a few of us occasionally when we stray a little bit because there is there is that 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 commissioner has that role to protect that brand and you're only as strong as your weakest member. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. In fact, that was, I said that in that article that was there yesterday, we were talking about basketball of, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest member um, because, you know, we can't just focus on our best teams. And uh, while we need them Those to be successful, take care of in a way, yeah, right? they do, they do, but and we need them to be successful, and we need them to challenge themselves with non-conference scheduling and continue to push the envelope and that. But we have to find ways to to have the rising tide lift all ships, mm-hmm. and uh, and find out where what we can do, you know. And some of it, you know, is just purely the emphasis that a that a school might put in a certain area. Um, you know, I said, I, I mentioned to the presidents a couple of times in the, in, in the interview process of, you know, the resources have to match the expectations. And, and I'm not sure that always happens in Division One athletics. Yeah. And I know that doesn't happen at all with all the big sky schools either. You know, you have new presidents come in. Why are we winning in football? Well, if you took a look at your facility, have you have you compared your recruiting budget yeah, you or what you're paying your coach? Games. And you, yeah, and you're yeah. playing three. Have you compared that to the teams that are at the top? Yeah. You know, so so let's make sure that our expectations match where we're putting our resources. And that's the type of thing. That's the type of commissioner that I want to be. Is someone we're going to be. Very transparent in what we do and why. Um, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but the job is to make sure that we expose the strengths and weaknesses of everybody. Because if we can all get stronger, everybody benefits. You know, it's like it's like no different than if if Weber State can make the NCAA basketball tournament and win the, and win a game, everybody in the conference is going to benefit. Okay, but the only way Weber State's going to get there after you win the tournament, is, is, is if we can get you a better seed than a 14 seed. And how are we going to get you a better seed than a 14? By having our bottom teams not be in the 300s in the RPI. Get them in the upper 280s. If they each move up 30 spots, now all of a sudden our champion might get a 12 seed. And the difference in those games is night and day of having a chance to win. So that's a, that's a, that's a small part of, of the greater topic there. But those are the types of th- things that I... That I think about here now on a daily basis. So you kind of have, as commissioner, several bosses, I guess, in a way, right? Because you, the presidents are, are a big part of what you do, and you're going to be in meetings with the presidents. Which you I have, think is a unique thing, Paul, because it, it's rare that you'll get all those presidents in a room where they can speak freely and be, they're presidential in their own yeah. areas. So the commissioner has a way to sit in that room with all of them and talk about the vision. And they so may all have different yes. opinions on athletics, too. But then you also have the athletic directors you're going to meet with, and to a degree, you have coaches and others. That, so how do you handle all that? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, yeah. You know, that's a big challenge within the job. Um, you got, we have to keep in mind, yes, I report to the board of directors, to the, to the presidents. Um, and so ultimately, you know, my employment, my success, my failure, whatever, is determined by them. And to the point, you made a really good point there, which is some of the presidents are totally clued in into what's going on. And others might have come up through the biology department, become a dean and a provost, and all of a sudden arrive at the president's office, maybe not not ever attending a collegiate yeah. what do I do with and now they're a pre- yeah. now they're a president and all of a sudden they're just getting hammered with athletic stuff all the time from donors and coaches and ad's and all that and so that's so that's an interesting group that you have to deal with so that the, managing that group is a big part of what of what i'm going to have to do and and getting to know them now i've uh, six of the presidents i've met um at, well and seven now that i met the new president at weber state yesterday and uh and so been really impressed with that group obviously there i mean 
means there's others I haven't made. It's six, uh, six with, that uh, are in the football part of the conference. So, so I have to meet that. But I've been impressed so far. But you have to you have to know your audiences. What the presidents are going to look for from our office here is different than what the ADs group needs. Different than the basketball coaches group, the tennis coaches group, the track and field. So we have to be able to be we have to be able to be chameleons in how we deal with each with each group. Um, you know, and that's why we have you know staff dedicated to do different support things for each of those groups. Um, obviously, I'll be spending the majority of my time with the presidents, the ADs, and the faculty reps. But I do plan on attending as many of the coaches meetings as. I can certainly here in year one because I need to sure. meet them. Yeah. I need them to see me. I need to hear from them. What are the issues of the day? Knowing that everybody looks through it through their own, you know, colored lenses, um, and they have to realize I'm going to look at it differently yeah. than they're going to look at it too because I'm concerned about the group as a whole. And uh, as you guys know, coaches have a tendency to see nothing beyond their team. Mm-hmm. You've got to gain that trust of all that groups. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, I look in my state association days, and there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Ex- probably more stakeholders. You you have a conference of 13, and we had a, a state association of 150 schools. But uh, the way I would describe it is you, there's a little bit of politics because um, – Collectively, that group is your boss. A lot, a lot like a politician, like like a mayor or somebody that's elected by the people. But individually, uh, y- your job is to hold everybody to, accountable to the rules that they make. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so sometimes there are hard discussions about things because the commissioner's job, in my view, is to hold us all accountable to the things that we say are important to us. And then when it gets individual, sometimes we lose that focus for a minute uh, because of the competition of it. And so it does. It is an interesting skill set to work in these kind of jobs. And the fact that Tom comes with that experience, I think will serve us well. He's been an AD, he's, you know, he's seen the coaching side, um, you know, he's a parent. All those skills come Fun together reason, yeah. to really help us grow and we're excited about it. Look, can we ask you a little bit about Litterfield Sports, sure. which now Weber State is, is, a, is one of a Litterfield school and fans may know that, but fans may not understand exactly what that means. And, and tell us what you did in your role at Litterfield. Yeah. So I actually had two different stints with Learfield. So when I was at the University of Wisconsin, I was our general manager there for the Badgers at uh, at, um, Badger Sports Properties. And then um, when I came back after Akron, I came back into the management role. What we did was I managed a certain group of properties. Uh, We had 16 in my group, 14 in my group, almost all up north in the MAC, uh, Illinois, uh, Xavier, Cleveland State, uh, Missouri Valley Conference, those, those schools that I worked with. So... You know, essentially, this model, you know, it's about 20-some years old, where schools are just, they're just not built, athletic departments are not built as sales organizations. They, they know how to hire coaches and, and educate and graduate student-athletes and put on great events and be great beacons for the community. That's great. But they're not sales organizations. And that's where Learfield has been able to come in and really grow a business there. Uh, started out as just doing radio networks. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, selling this, buying the radio network from the school for a fee and then going out and selling the advertising with, uh, within that, that network. And then, and then all of a sudden they're working with all the sponsors and, and it's like, well, could you take over like the signage and the promotional stuff as well? You're already working with sponsors. Well, yeah, well then we'll pay you a little more, we'll pay you more money and then we'll go out and sell. So, you know, uh, Learfield does it with about 135 schools now around the country, Weber and and nine other schools in the Big Sky, including the conference office. Right. <clears throat> excuse me, where um, where we employ a local sales force to go out and sell all the assets that uh, that we have. The schools like it because we provide you know a, a, either a guaranteed revenue amount or a revenue share that's strong enough where 
you know, whether you win a game or win one game or win every game, there's guaranteed revenue that you can, that you can put on the books. Um, and we like it. We, as in Learfield, liked it because the, uh, uh, we feel like we can build a business out of that. So, so now that I'm a commissioner, I look at it and say, okay, how can we take what Learfield does in 10 schools plus the conference office and put together packages that could maximize that revenue? You know, now, some of the sponsors that Weber State has, only want us, they only want access to what's happening here in Ogden and on campus at Weber. Others, other sponsors might want to look, look at this whole map of the northwest the region, yeah. and, and, and say, you know, I can have access to all of those things. And so we got to find some ways to streamline that, uh, that process. So um, it's a great, uh, great business. I enjoyed it. Uh, great people there. And uh, and now and now I'm a client, so all those yeah. people got to be nice to me. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they <laughs> do. Know? And, and so. that's where we interacted. And I started my career in the marketing promotion side of the house too, before yeah. secondary rights partners were out there. And so, help uh, Jen, uh, Joe Fan that that really is interested in our business understand. I mean, the budget thing is one thing, and it, and it does allow you to put a budget line there and and prepare for it. But if you're aggressive and so. You, you know, you can lose a little bit of your uh, your upside is a little lower because but because Learfield in this case takes the risk. So help the fans understand what the other benefits are to a secondary right hole. The synergies that can take yeah, place, yeah. whether it's scoreboards or all the other properties that, that yeah. Come there's into there's play so there. many great things about that. You know, number one, I think from a training standpoint, you know, having a professional sales organization in the marketplace. So so when you know whether it's Dave at your place or you know, Brett here for us, when they walk in, you know, they're bringing you know thirty some years of this sales experience in this mark in this area sports marketing that Learfield has equipped them with um, in way they can solve solutions for the clients the type of presentations they can give the one-stop shopping that they can talk about and then also to say hey let's here's what's working really good at Idaho here's what's working really good at Montana and we have access to that so I bet that would work here at Weber you know, and so that that it that sounds good to happen without a company like Learfield. It just doesn't happen as much in real life. People are busy. People are doing other jobs. So now you have that natural kind of streamlined area. Plus, you know, not just here. There are things that are working at Wisconsin that can work here in the Big Sky. There are things at VCU. You know, insert Learfield School two thousand miles from here. And there are things that are happening there that we should be doing here within the Big Sky, and so there's a way for that network to really to really create. Learfield you can bring also, national sponsors to the table yep, that maybe you wouldn't have a chance to under yeah, so other things. Yeah, and we have, you know we have a national sales group at Learfield yeah. that 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 can then go and can go to you know let's say it's um, Home Depot, and Home Depot rather than Home Depot's marketing people having to work with 130 yeah. schools, they can work with one person. And get access at 130 yep. schools. Well, that's 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 customer friendly. Yeah, that's right. And so those types of things. Learfield also owns a signage company, a website company, um, a promotional unit. Um, you know, so there's so many other things that that besides just the multimedia rights that uh, Learfield can provide. And uh, and and you know, then the challenge is is we got to make sure that you know Learfield you know treats treats the schools the right way. Uh, there's a delicate balance there in the revenue component where it's got to make sense for both. Learfield has to be able to make some money, or they're not going to do it. Yet the school needs to have some control over what happens in order for the relationship to work. And I've told our fans we've gotten better overall because of the expertise and the time commitment and the focused energy 
to hit your numbers yeah. that sometimes don't happen on a campus. It's just not the way yeah. our mindsets right. are. Right, yeah, I mean. Those things all have made us all better. Yeah, you know, I think anytime you find good salespeople and you give them upside, an ability to earn more money. Which, again, can't happen on a campus. And that does, with yep, commissions yep, or yep, whatever Exactly. Else. State universities just yeah, don't operate they, that way. They don't. So, so you give a good salesperson a number to go chase and some upside, and they're going to work harder than if they didn't have that. No question. And uh, so there's a benefit there as well. We're joined by Tom Wistersill, the new commissioner of the Big Sky Conference here. And thanks for joining us on our first week. We're going to throw a couple rapid-fire questions at you. That's I'm ready. Okay. Favorite part of working in college athletics? Um... Interact uh, championships, watching championships with our student athletes. I love seeing the celebrations. Okay. Most memorable sporting event or events that you've been a part of or witnessed? Wow, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've, uh, I've been to been to twenty some Final Fours. I saw Game Seven of the World Series. Oh, wow. Um, I've never been to a Super Bowl. I away from my Pittsburgh Steelers to get there again before I go. Um, you know, I, uh, at, at Game Seven of the World Series when the when the Twins and the in 1987, um, when the Twins beat the Cardinals, ironically, um, uh, that was an unbelievable event. The Metrodome in Minneapolis <clears throat> was basically a, a, a locked-in sound dome. And um, when you arrived at Game Seven, and they, they you scanned you, you uh, I tore your ticket then. This was 1987. <laughs> they handed you earplugs at the door, and you put them in, and it was so loud the entire game that the whole next day I had a headache. <laughs> And it was even commercial breaks. We had people wearing their terrible, their, their, uh, um, their uh, not terrible towels, rally the Steelers, towels, the rally towels, towels whatever. Yeah. And then uh, um, Kirby Puckett and uh, that. I mean, just being a part of that. That was, you know, I was a 17-year-old kid, but that was like, that was an awesome yeah, moment. Herbrick, to do Ken, Ken Herbrick, Ken Herbrick, yeah, they had a, that was a, that was a, that was a fun time. So, um no, I've been very fortunate. You know, I'm the son of a son of a coach, so I grew up in a. My dad coached football for 32 years, so I grew up around sports and in locker rooms and that. And uh, you know, to me, there's nothing more special than being inside a winning locker room. And I don't care what sport it is. Uh, right afterwards, after you leave the court of whatever field or whatever, and you're just in the locker room with the coaches and the student athletes and seeing them celebrate that moment, how fleeting it can be, right? Because the next day you're focused on the next game. But for those moments in the in the locker room, uh, that's pretty special. And if I ever if I ever stop thinking that's special, then I need to look for another line yeah. of work. So. Most famous person in your cell phone? Do you have any famous people that you famous, talk with? Um, you know who's the most famous person? <laughs> you know, in college athletics, everybody knows Barry Alvarez, and okay. uh, he's yeah. a mentor and a friend and a great guy. Uh, for working in Wisconsin, and he and my dad were both high school coaches in Iowa back in the seventies. Um, so. Um, but I'll tell you a, story, a good story. We we're talking about coaching searches. Here's a good story. So when, we, when I was an AD at Akron and we had a uh, football opening, and uh, I always I made it, I, I wanted to get back to everybody, but I only answered my cell phone if I knew who was calling, yeah. which is really no different than now. If a, a random number comes up, I don't answer. But especially during a search of a high-profile Especially, position. yeah. So I'm hiring a you know, Division One FBS football coach, and I'm getting all kinds of calls from everybody. <laughs> Well, my wife and I were out for dinner, and, uh, and we were walking out to the car, and she's like, you know what, I'm going to use the restroom quick. So I'm standing right outside this restaurant, and I feel the phone vibrate, and I just kind of pick it up and answer it. And as I answer it, I look, at, and I don't recognize the number. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm like, hello? And, and the guy's like, is this Tom? And I was like, yes, it is. And he's like, this is Tom Brady. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, um, I'm the quarterback for the New England Patriots. I was like, 
No, I know who you are. And of course, I'm thinking this is one of my buddies, kind of yeah. pulling, yeah. pulling, pulling my leg. Right? But you got to be careful, just in yeah. case. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, and he's like, um, I, I said, Oh yeah, no, I know who you are. And he's like, uh, Well, you're you're the AD at Akron, right? Because because I'm like not really responding. He's like, Yes, I am, Tom. And he's like, um, Well, I was calling about uh, my quarterbacks coach Scott Leffler is his name, and he just was named the new head coach of Bowling Green. Uh, and so he was calling about Scott Leffler, who was his quarterbacks coach when he was at Michigan. And, uh, and so we talked for five minutes, and he was great. I mean, he was you know, just a normal Joe promoting all the great things about his coach. And Scott, Scott is a great coach, and will do a great job at BG. And, uh, but it was just one of those moments kind of hung up, and, and my wife comes out. Who are we on the phone with? Tom Brady. Just Tom Brady. So in answer to the first question, Tom Brady. Tom Brady might be his, his So we still text back. And oh, yeah. Person. No, no I, that was it. I don't, uh, you know. Um, but it is when you when you have a coaching search at, at a you know in your profile sports yeah. the people that you know that reach out you know yeah. there were three head NFL coaches that called but Tom Brady was the one that was very memorable because who gets a call from Tom Brady yeah I tell right people to, I think we all have coaching search stories but I tell people when we hired Coach Hill Jay Hill yeah I got a call from Gary Anderson who just was named the head coach again at Utah State yes, and he just it was simply if you don't hire Jay Hill you're an idiot <laughs> first time we've ever talked yeah. I liked him I, I like that approach yes that we had some good conversations but I think we all have those fun little stories yeah. who comes out of the work yeah. to to promote their their favorite person yeah. and Everybody's connected, and it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, Those no doubt. Kind of fun. Yeah. You worked fun. with a former Weaver should employee, Chad Garrity, at, at Akron for Absolutely. a while, he too, was our, right? He was our um, IMG yeah. uh, mm-hmm. GM for the four, my first four years before he went to Western Carolina. Yeah. And uh, Chad did a great job, great guy. Great, great guy. Great yeah. husband and father. And, yeah, he was really into it. We yeah. were very fortunate. Those, those jobs turn over quite sure. a bit at the mid-major level. So you guys have been fortunate. We were fortunate there. Uh, if you can find someone that's committed to, yeah. to the product, then Chad you can do Chad still has a lot of love for the He does, we yeah. We from him. He comes back. I saw him at Cosine, he and he comes out here. He sent, me a, he sent me a uh, – he left me a voicemail the night that I got announced here as commissioner, how excited he was about, you know, us coming to Ogden and about Weber. And if I, if I needed any help with anything, give him a call. So yes. we've traded text since then. So you've, I'm sure you've been asked this question before, but is, and you probably uh, have already in media questions this week, is the big sky too big? Yeah, everybody talks about expansion and size. How big is too big? It's a great question. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have an answer. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody has an answer uh, yet. Um, you know, as I said before, each person's going to look at that question with their own lens, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, what Jerry might think is best for Weber might be different than what I think is for the group as a whole. Um, I do know it's a topic. We need to talk about it. We need to have real discussion about it. Um, I, I do know uh, that an odd number is bad and an even number is better. doesn't mean it's perfect, but um, an odd number creates all kinds of issues. And so, um, so you know, what does that mean? Do, you know, there's lots of different solutions that can happen there. All I know is I know it's something yeah. we're going to talk about, we're going to spend time on. Um, I'm very interested to find out um, – both from the, at the presidential level and at the AD's level, what type of, of open and frank discussion we can have about that. Because it's hard sometimes to talk about it when, that, when your counterpart's sitting right next to you at a table. That's hard to do that. 
you know. Um, and so we got to find some ways to be able to have frank and open and honest discussions about what's best for us as a whole. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody can put a timeline on any decision-making on that. I just know that it's something that at some point we have to address or else it will always dominate yeah. the discussion. Yeah. And that's not healthy either. You can't always have that being an issue. So um, so I know I didn't answer your question no, there that's because okay. I don't have and, a great And that's answer. okay. And I know you're well, in your that, first that, week. I think there were but... some key things there, though, that you did say. Um, I agree that even is better. It's, it's, there's no perfect solution necessarily, but... Even is better because it takes the lone wolf scenario out of scheduling, which can be problematic for that school that doesn't have a travel partner. Okay. Just traditionally, that, that works better on the split. So those are the things we have to talk about. And, and in that way, the commissioner in the conference office is a little bit like a search firm because to have those frank conversations in the room with, with institutions that may or may not have a seat when the music stops is a little bit uh, tricky. Awkward. Yeah, awkward. Yeah, yeah it takes yeah, some no skill. Doubt. So there's conversations that can happen um, away from that sometimes that helps us kind of get a sense of what's really best for the group. And you have to have a conference staff that's removed from those emotions that can fly at a higher elevation. I, I remember, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I remember, you know, you don't, you don't all, it's not apples to apples because every conference is different. But my six years at Akron, um, you know, when I, when I first came into the league, into the MAC, we had, had Temple and UMass, who were football-only members of, of the MAC. Well, then Temple got an invite to the American Athletic Conference and left. So then we just had UMass. So we had had 13. And so those, those, those two years of discussions and determining what to do, ultimately what happened was the, the conference presidents decided to say to UMass, either you come in in all sports or you're out. And they decided to leave and become independent in football and stay with the Atlantic 10 in basketball. Um, but being a part of those discussions for probably four of the six years <clears throat> I was there, I think that helps me in this role yeah. of just having been there, <clears throat> kind of knowing the way. That, sometimes our president didn't come to meetings at Akron all the time, so I would go <laughs> sit in the president's meetings, which is always which is great. Um, you just sit there until they call on you. But, um, but, it, but it was great to see the way they interacted on these particular topics. Um, because, like I said, they all come at it from such a different angle. Yeah, one thing that the conference does uh, is scheduling, a big part of it. You know, with do you play eight games, nine games, you know, home and home, and then you have basketball with 18 games, 20 games. We've seen that change over the last few years, and that's a hard thing, again, to please all the different groups, right? Coaches may want one thing, and different schools want one thing. And uh, so all those things are, are certainly going to be on your plate, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, we have to, you know, I don't, I don't have the history of the conference. I have to learn that history of where we've been at different, different things. You know, I mean, there's some things I can see right away that I at least want to ask questions about, like, you know, like why are we playing a volleyball championship on Thanksgiving Day? You know, I'm sure there's a good answer for that. I just don't know what it is. You know, and so are we playing the right amount of conference basketball games? Are we playing the right amount of conference football games? You know, all of those things that I, you know, certainly want to learn from our administration and our, you know, the people that have been, like Jerry, been around a long time and others as to why we make the decisions we do and, 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 and then be able to look at it through a little different lens, as yeah. I mentioned before, that I'll, that I'll bring to the table. And, and so, again, our job is to gather that information, to, to disseminate that information in the easiest way possible so that the decision-making groups can make good decisions, so that Jerry and the rest of the ADs can say, yep, 
you know, I, I'm going to come to them and say, you know, here's what I believe is our three options. You know, I'm not, I'm not a decision maker in any of this. My, my job is to provide those options and then let them decide where they want to go from there. And the same thing with the presidents, to bring them options and uh, to make sure that they have everything they need to make the, the best decision yeah. possible. Well, this is a, obviously, a, I'll preface it by a hard question to answer because I don't know that anybody knows, but we saw about, what, seven, eight years ago across the country, so much expansion and conference changes and realignments and, and now there's talk that, oh, that will probably come again with <coughs> TV and all those things. And, boy, what I mean, what do you see as the future of, of college athletics? Again, yeah. it's so hard to answer. Yeah, it is. It's but really TV rights and media rights, we talked about that a little bit. All those things play in so much. Well, there's no doubt. Uh, it, that, that's one of the things, though, that attracted me to this opportunity is the stability of this league. I mean, there's, you know, a core group of schools in this league that have been around a long time. I don't think that core group is going anywhere. Now, I might be wrong. You know, I'm on day four now, so I'm just smart enough to say something stupid, right? But, um, but I think the stability of, the, of these schools at the FCS level is really strong. Um, you know, primarily all that movement really shook out at the FBS level, um, and I don't think that's done. I think some of these, uh, uh, the, the legal cases that are out there could drive some different decisions. Yeah, we're talking about it now with the AAC maybe – Looking to move and the Big oh, yeah. East is talking about that. Start. Absolutely. So I think there's changes. Yeah. So I think there's some of that is out there. Um, you know, I think we're in a really strong position for uh, for where we're at. We're, I think we're attract. If people are interested in either becoming FCS, uh, either moving up or moving down, as we've seen, um, I think that for the people that makes sense for us geographically, we're a great we're a great option, and we'll engage in those discussions as need be. Uh, but uh, but money changes everything, and uh, and as the FBS chases those dollars, makes the decisions over hundreds of millions of dollars, um, that you know that the the whole their whole world could change very rapidly. You know they tell you, the article I was reading today about the um, you know brought it up again about the Alston case, and if all of a sudden now those schools you know essentially a Division One scholarship, a Division school can pay their full scholarship athletes whatever they want. You know, I saw, saw the Notre Dame AD, Jack Swarbrick, you know, his quote about, you know, that's going to blow things up because now, you know, half the SEC is going to say we're giving cars to every student athlete. And now the Big 12 is going to be like, well, we're not giving cars, you know, but maybe a couple schools in the Big 12 want to give cars. So now they're going to go with the other car buying, you know, and then so w- what's the trickle down effect to that yeah. to us? As, as Division One members as well. While in FCS football, we have different rules. Um, but Division One basketball, we're recruiting against Utah in basketball. You know, we're going to recruit against Pac-12 schools. We're going to recruit against Big 12 schools. Because in order for us to take a leap, we need some of those student-athletes on our campuses. So now, all of a sudden, if what Utah can offer the best player in the state of Utah is drastically different than, than what Weber can offer him, does that cause Jerry and the people at Weber to have a different discussion? I don't know, but but those are the types of things that we got to think about and talk about and keep an eye on, and uh, and that's certainly part of the role I have here. Anyone that has a crystal ball into the future, I, they they're lying to you if they can tell you how how this is going to end up. But uh, but it's a crazy world. I do think that we could see some changes in the way that that the market drives some of these decisions. So now you're seeing. ESPN come out and say, hey, we're willing to do a deal with you, AAC, but we want we want some guarantee that some of these key institutions are going to be here for six or seven years, the length of this contract. So now the table's turning to say to an institution, we're signing you to a long-term agreement yeah. in the conference. You're just yeah. not going to leave anymore, whereas it used to be you, you can go. You, you may lose some, some of these shares, 
whatever, and we'll do it because there's bigger money in the, in the new. And that's a really interesting discussion, when I, and I've seen it at the conference level with conference presidents. Because the presidents sit around and say, okay, we're going to grant our rights to the conference for six years, for 10 years, whatever. But then some presidents sit there thinking, well, I don't know if I want to be in this league that long. What if so-and-so calls? Well, not, you know, and so, but, but yet there's the other presidents all looking at this president saying, we're all in, are you in or not? You know, and so, so there's, there's, you know, I, I mean, it's a healthy way for conferences to try to affect some stability. In the end, the money's so large, it might not matter. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I, but I, I like that, I like that trend of the, of the guarantee of rights. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, that's a crazy, yeah. that's a crazy world. You know, and, and the, the dynamics of the big sky are, are different. The travel is so different. I mean, it's so, we're so, you know, big, vast, I guess, uh, travel for, for all the sports are, are challenged. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, like you said there, who knows what the future will be, but, uh, you just want to be ready for all that. Um, we talked a little bit at the, at the start about finding new ways to communicate and share your message, uh, as a, you know something that you studied as well as communications but again that's another thing that we don't know there'll be something out there in a few years that we don't even know about right now that hasn't even been invented perhaps but you got to keep building up and, and how do you look to, to try to continue to add ways to communicate your yeah, message yeah it's certainly something we talked about blake and i were having that discussion at lunch today um about how we kind of stay on the front end of this and i think that's a challenge for all of us but you know here at the conference level that's certainly a a, a part of the job of our communication staff to mm-hmm. you know really understand what's happening what what can we take advantage of where can we make smart decisions there's a finite number of people and a finite number of hours you can spend in this area and so where are we best served that way um you know i think having a presence uh among the people that care about what we're doing is important it's why you know it's why i've got a got a twitter page and uh and while while we'll send out pictures of this in my purple shirt that i wore today f- because weaver was coming to coming here at big sky commish right you got it right there at big sky go commish. follow so, him get your followers there up you there go. exactly <laughs> so um because yeah, we're worldwide oh right? yeah that's right oh yes, yeah of course so yeah so that's what you know as we think about yeah. it um, again, not knowing not knowing what the future holds, we got to maximize what we're doing sure. now. And uh, and you know, and to me, it's about making sure that when we have a news opportunity, we got to take advantage of it at that moment. We got to be on the front end. It, it used to be, as we talked about earlier, you had the next day or the next day. You had till the newspaper, you know, till that till the newspaper went to press to make some changes. Nope. Now it's ready today. It's why you can shoot that video, Jerry, yesterday. Looks incredibly professionally done, although I know it was a done yeah, with your cell yeah. phone probably. And, and you get 4,000 hits in one day. And not even a day, less than 24 yeah. hours later. So, I mean, that's meaningful, you know. I can remember, this was a, I'm gonna, I might get the numbers wrong, but I won't be wrong by much. I remember a few years back, Facebook Live had just kind of started. And, uh, and Learfield was involved with it. Trying to, Iowa was going to, Iowa wrestling is a big deal. No, no newsflash there. But so Tom Brands, the coach at Iowa, was going to do some type of demonstration with, with a couple of their wrestlers on a mat. And so like the wrestling SID said, hey, that'd be something for us fun to try for Facebook Live. So, so they got it set up for Facebook Live the day before. They tweeted it out, put it on their website, put it, sent out the emails. I mean, they they just maximized it in that. Okay, two hundred some thousand views on Facebook Live of Tom Brands on the wrestling mat with two or three of Iowa wrestlers demonstrating some things they were working on on there. And isn't that amazing to think about yeah. that? That's, this, yeah. And that's, that's live people. That's not people who watched it later. Right. That's like how many were on the screen at the time they were doing it. 
And so that just demonstrates yeah. the power of what we're doing now. And uh, now we have to make sure we're very careful about what we do and what we say. Um, and, and, but, but just the opportunity to impact those people at a moment's notice uh, is incredibly cool. And you can see it from a branding standpoint. I mean, just think about the people that the celebrities, whether they're professional athletes or not, that can swing millions of dollars of spending habits through a tweet or, or can, you know, rumors about things can spread so quickly uh, because of one tweet that goes out. And it's, it's, it's well, an yeah, amazing some time. Believe, uh, an election and the, super, the biggest superpower ever could be swayed. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. Who knows? What no, that's happen, right. But yeah. No, Absolutely. It's, it's an amazing, amazing yeah. time. It is. Well, I know you're on your, your first week, but I can tell you're excited. If there's a lot, a lot to come. I'm sure you're going to have to get out and visit and, and see everybody, but I can tell you're excited for yeah, this. Yeah, I am excited. Like I said, you know, whenever you're uh, – I'm a people person, number one, so being around good people that care about the right things is, uh, energizes me. Um, great part of the country to move to. My family and I are really excited to get out here and get yeah, settled. Tell us about your family a little bit. That, so, yeah. Move, these are big moves. Big moves, yeah. You know, I, my wife's a saint. This is our eighth move in 25 years of marriage. Um, luckily, she's a former athlete as well. She was a swimmer at the University of Minnesota and uh, grew up in Northern California. Uh, and uh, so, you know, she loves the West. Um, she doesn't love the snow the as cold, much as I yeah, do. The snow. Um, although I, she, she'll like this cold better than the cold of Minnesota. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. So this is as it's sunny and beautiful nothing. mountain yeah. weather. This is perfect. <laughs> Uh, we have two boys. We have a, one who's a freshman in college and one that's a freshman in high school. So the freshman in college at the University of North Texas, um, and he's studying broadcast journalism, sports Good. sports broadcasting. And um, he's actually going to come up next week. We're going to do a little college tour around here. We're going to come up to Weber and go up to Utah and Utah State. He, he's, he's thinking he doesn't know if he wants to be that far away from the family. So we're going we're gonna to go do that. And then... Uh, and then my younger one, he's a basketball player. He's a freshman in high school. So when his basketball season's up, he wants to come up and get a couple of months in his new school to meet some people, meet some kids, and get some friends. Um, and so I'm kind of on the high school tour right now. 6'3 freshman. Yeah, my son's a 6'3 six, six, freshman. Pretty good player. Um, he's got a ways to go, but he loves the sport and uh, spends a lot of time on it. So I've been going to high school games. Um, it's kind of weird. I'm, so it's kind of like the, what we've decided is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch a bunch of high school games and through people that know the coaches and programs like Jerry and a bunch of the coaches around here, I'm uh, going to kind of narrow it down to three or four schools and then we'll pick the school that we want Jack to go to. And he'll have input obviously in it. And then that's where we're going to buy a house is in there their district. Gotcha. So it's kind of a weird thing. Usually you go buy the house and your kid just goes to the school. <laughs> no, we're doing it the other way around. We're going to pick the school first and the basketball program. And then we'll just buy a house in that uh, in that area, and somewhere between you know the north side of Salt Lake and Ogden. We'll, I'm sure we'll be living. We might be living around where Jerry lives. Who knows? Uh, but uh, so we've so like I said, we've I've been to two high school games this week, and uh, and I'll have many more in the month of January to uh, to attend. So, so good yeah. for you. Thank you. We're excited to have to have him, Jerry. You're yeah, great I, for the big I, sky. I, uh, you know, the breadth of the. Uh, the experience and coming in knowing a lot of our peers in the conference um it's it's the future is bright and and we're gonna make some moves we're gonna do some amazing things here yeah absolutely tournament moves to boise next year as well yeah. which will be exciting yeah most of our staff's up there today um and uh yesterday i think i'm doing meetings up there with boise i'll make it up there sometime in january before uh, just to see see what's going on and uh i'm excited i think um i think to, to have me coming in with the start of a three-year run there in Boise, I think that's really good. 
I think it gives, gives me a chance to really kind of understand what makes us tick, what, can, what do we need as a conference, and it gives Boise a chance to maximize their opportunity for the tournament and to see if that's the type of place we want to host the tournament. Um, there's, as you guys know, team uh, conferences do it a variety of different ways out there around the country. There's no perfect one way to do it, um, but we need to figure out what's the best way for us. Tom, thanks for your time today. Great to be Pleasure here. Pleasure to Thank talk you with you, and, and best of luck as you're beginning your trek here at the Big Sky Conference. Tom Worcester still the new commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Go Wildcats! Wildcats!